Working now. It's time for two birds and one stoner with me, Mr. Trey. That feel-good show to get you going. I woke up so We're not in a position where we should agree. This isn't an easy subject, and that's okay around here. You see, I got all my game from the streets of California. Young I'm not questioning anybody's intelligence. I think we're past that. I'm now questioning the ethics of the situation. So what we smoke weed, we're just having fun. <laughs> I can't even believe it. I had to hang up on that guy. He just said he used weed that wasn't decarboxylated to cook. I can't do you today. In my mind, they say You could ask yourself an insane question. What if I'm not on any side and I just want the truth? His gift is a curse. Forget the earth. He's got the earth to pull his dick from the dirt and fuck the whole universe. I'm not afraid. Maybe we can have a debate over what successful is, but I can tell you one thing. I know I was meant to do this, and no one's going to argue that. He said when you want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe, then you'll be successful. Get successful. America, Scotty is going to be here in a little bit. Uh, uh, I don't know if Chris is going to be here. I hear he might be here, but it is another episode of Two Birds and One Stoner. We're in the studio. We're talking about a lot, a lot to talk about today. Okay, I lied. There's only two things to talk about because it's Two Birds and One Stoner. We only have two things to talk about every show. Uh, do apologize. We've been gone for a couple of weeks, just getting some stuff done and taking care of stuff, but we are back in full effect. And uh, as a matter of fact, uh, don't forget to join us next week. We'll be breaking down the war in Israel. And I ask the question, shouldn't war be a war crime? The fact that it's happening, that should be the war crime. I mean, call me crazy, folks. I mean, no, seriously, call me crazy because I, I think of crazy stuff like great ideas like not blowing each other up, not killing each other. You know, not forcing religion on people or, you know, stuff like, stuff like that. Accepting people for who they are. While trying to navigate this weird little world we call America. With that said, um, we're going to the war in Israel. We're also going to talk about, ready for this, Halloween food. Oh, man. Yeah, it's that time of year again, guys. So we're going to be breaking down the best, the brightest, the yummiest Halloween food. And it's all going to be for you guys. I love Halloween food. If you like Halloween food, say hell yeah. If you don't say hell yeah, no one can hear you. I promise. But um, if you like food, you like food. If you don't, you don't. It's that simple. So we, of course, today are going to be discussing the UAW strike that's the United Auto Workers strike, and we're also going to be breaking down cannabis banking. We got Scotty. How you doing, buddy? What up? What up? Just driving, just driving, man. Uh, wanted to chime in because, of course, I'm always doing something, but and it usually involves driving. So here I am. And, of course, I don't necessarily know if we're going to see a Christopher today because, well, I don't see a Christopher and I don't see a Christopher seeing me. So, you know, mostly because he can't see me. Alright. So, this won't be a particularly 
crazy show or a crazy long show or anything like that. Um, but we definitely have a break in the middle because, well, I like to smoke. Scotty left me a nice little bowl of something here because I'm a bad friend and didn't stick around to smoke it with him. This guy just ran off. I gotta save my life. Because of another co-host of ours put my life in jeopardy. You already know what happened. I mean, a, a washing machine put your life in jeopardy, apparently. Hey, whatever. I'm I'm here to smoke right now. Let's. Oh, did I leave my? Nope. Here it is. I was like, um, I've got some bad news. I'm staring at your station, and there's nothing there. So if you left it, you lost it. Wink, wink. That's not good. So yeah, it's a good thing you found it because it didn't. It was not going to be a good outcome for you, I think. <laughs> and if you were looking for this bowl. It was definitely not going to be a good outcome for you, because here he goes. So I digress. We're running out of machined parts for cars. Okay, that's that's actually probably hyper. That's probably hyper exciting the situation. But we do have five thousand union. <coughs> or, or excuse me, auto workers, not union or otherwise, that have been laid off. Um, this one guy um, has a shirt that says eat the rich love it love you love you I heart that guy right there um, not that I'm into cannibalism you know most of you don't eat a healthy enough diet for me to want to eat you let me just keep it honest but what I will say is is, is that uh, it's a it's an old saying from back then when people were starving in the streets they were like well maybe we'll just eat you since you have all the money in the food and you ain't sharing we'll just eat you it wasn't maybe it was a literality then then people was crazy but here's the deal here's what it all breaks down to you don't have to like ford gm fucking toyota or any fucking other car that's made in america you don't have to like chevy or you can like it for that matter that's not what this calls about or this conversation's about today what this conversation is about is about that GM, Ford, uh, I can't remember the other company that's like Solarian, Solarian I can't think of the hell the fuck you say it. But anyway, so when you talk about why would, a, why would an employee come to their boss and go, I want a 40% pay increase or I want a 20% pay increase for my personal pay. I think what bosses have a hard time understanding is, is that we go in as employees and we look at what you make in profit as a company. And we say to ourselves, if you're making a 40% pay increase <clears throat> as the CEO because of uh, the profits I'm making you, then, well, shouldn't I also get a 40% pay increase? Or... Or hear me out. A twenty percent. Let's split that shit. Actually, that's 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 kind of okay. So that might be part of the problem in a sense because the argument behind the twenty percent is 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 they're like, no, that's what we already agreed to, and we agreed to that before the profits exploded. Which I can understand that side. As uh, listen, full full disclosure. 
I come from a union family. My dad is a member of the local 469 in Phoenix, which is a pipe fitter, steam fitters union, currently a member. Um, and so I just want to put that out there that like, I, I if I sound like I might be a little pro union, it's because I am. I, I got a, a couple of kids at work in union jobs or spouses that work in union jobs. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm pro union in that sense that I want to see them successfully have a job. But I also, Scotty, see your side of that, that there has to be a middle ground. Now, I can't keep watching a CEO make $500,000 a year and make $5 million in bonuses. And you're telling me I can't get a $20, $10, $5 increase, right? Like, I can't see that either. So I, I'm I'm more than willing. I guess I've ate on both sides of the fence. I've worked in jobs that, uh, that are, that, that I've worked in non-union and well, I've worked in non-union jobs. I've not ever, I've never had actual union job. Now that I think about it, I've had jobs where the union exists, but I wasn't part of the union. Um, if you want to know the truth, I didn't make enough money to be part of the union. Wink, wink. Meaning I wasn't making the pay that union members were making. Cause they need that extra dough. Yeah. You know? And that's the twist too, is union workers will will say, well, I pay my union dues. That's fair. You do. And that's why you have a union backing you. But if I made the same dollar for dollar that you did, I could also make that union payment to be fair. So I think that it, I, you know, sometimes I wish there was a communications like union for what I do. You know what I mean? Um, and, uh, and then I also sometimes wonder it's complicated. You know, it's not that easy. You know what I'm saying? Like there's, there's, there's an oil workers union, but not everybody on the oil fields in a union. You know what I mean? There's, 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 there's the, I think the only unions, I think everybody's a part of is like the cop and firefighter, right? Cause that's the whole union. They all that bullshit. Right. But, but um, there's, you know, there's a truckers union, but not every trucker is in the union. You see what I'm saying? And um, so I think that it, the whole union situation is absolutely a, a complicated situation. It's a, it's an onion thing. There's layers to it. And so I'm just going to say this 5,000 auto workers being laid off, uh, can't be good for things like the delivery of vehicles assembled in the U S now. Remember most of these parts are not made in the U S but I will tell you that the parts factories, not the full assembly ones, usually the first ones to kind of go down. It's not the assembly one that goes down first. It's usually a parts one. Or am I getting that backwards? Does, Scotty doesn't even know. I'm like, does he know? He might not know. This is why Chris Ass was supposed to be here. I'm he probably stood up. Tracers out of here, my bad, my bad. It's just, you know. he, we probably got stood up by Chris because we stood him up twice. So there's that. I mean, to a degree, that man has a point. But let's go through, because see, Scotty made a valid point. He said, well, you know, why don't we split that 40% and call it 20%? We'll give you a 20% raise over X, Y, and Z amount of time or whatever the case may be. There's, this, It's not all going to be at once. There's a mathematical, you know, go here, right? Uh, and by the way, Stellantis was the other one, which is the parent company of like Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram, just to be fair. Stellantis is Chevy, basically. Or, I mean, 
Well, fake Chevy. I don't know. I don't explain that. Um, it's not. It's not Chevy at all. It's a Mazda, but it's got a Ford chassis. Or like my Volvo that can use a Ford um, alternator, but that's probably because Ford was smart enough to copy a good alternator. <laughs> so here we go, buddy. Here's the whole gist of it, okay? We got, when you look and break it down in the numbers, right? General, General Motors has laid off a total of 155 workers at an Indiana plant, Michigan, Ohio, um, conf- and, and also Michigan, Ohio, they confirmed. Ford let go of 537 workers in Michigan, Ohio. And according to the numbers here, this is where it gets interesting. You ready for these? So Stellantis, the parent company of Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram, laid off 570 workers at plants in Indiana and Michigan. And on October 6th, which was a week ago, um, the total layoffs were for uh, to date, for Ford has laid off a total of 1,865 non-union workers while GM has let go of 2,330 non-union workers and Stellantis has released 640, bringing the combined total strike related to just under 5,000. Now, this is why I bring those numbers up because you can see that the laid off union workers who have asked for this strike are smaller but the fallout is the firing of non-union workers do you understand roger i don't know if i lost he is in the zone um he's in his he's in a vehicle trying to be his best participant he can and we love him for that so when I think about strikes, I'm not going to sit there and pretend to understand the at on the ground politics of it all. What I will tell you is, is that auto workers, auto workers or automakers are saying that they have to lay off workers because the job tasks are tied to the factory and the UAW has called on a strike. So essentially, that's why. We all understand this, but so Ford, GM, and Stellantis have not cl- uh, disclosed if they plan to rehire those workers back once the strike ends or if they plan to hire them back at the wages they had before. So this is a complicated problem because when the union workers strike, yes, union workers are laid off. Yes. That's who will be represented in the bargaining table. These non-union workers will not be represented, just fun fact. Um, the So the United Auto Workers launched its stand-up to strike. So 13,000 auto workers halted work at three big plants in Michigan, Missouri, Ohio, and they demanded a... They've demanded their demands included a 36% pay increase over the next four years, annual cost of living adjustments, pension benefits for all employees, greater job security, 
a faster path to full-time status for temporary workers and a four-day work week. The automakers said, we have a response for your request and laid off, you know, close to 5,000 workers so far. (laughs) Jesus. That's not the response they were expecting, I guarantee No, it's definitely not. And I think that this is, uh, I think that um, they're going to find out real hard that it's, you know, it's hard to sell cars when there's no cars to sell because you can't get them off the assembly line. And uh, they're going to find out a lot like the Hollywood writer strike where the Hollywood production studios, you know, yeah, they ran all those shows that they had the episodes recorded for already before the strike because they had every right to release those. Believe it or not, those people got paid for that already. So the studios had the right to release whatever they already had sandbagged, brother. But let me tell you something. Stuff started running out. And there's shows right now that are supposed to be on right now and the strike is over. Not expected to probably get new episodes until after the uh winter break you know what i mean when we take the christmas break from where you don't see any new episodes for like a couple weeks and it's all christmas shows and shit for like three four weeks yeah we're not going to see nothing new until then probably on a lot of people's favorite shows well you have to you have to conceptualize the same concept applies to a a a show like um or a, a a factory if you don't have parts to sell to dealerships if you don't have vehicles to sell to customers i think that uh it becomes a problem and then also on top of that you know scott like i said i don't i don't think the parts will be coming as a big of a problem as quick as people i think people make that a problem quickly but i but i will tell you that it either becomes a problem early or it becomes a problem later i'll admit that when there is a disruption in the supply chain at some point, that disruption will roll to the su- section of the supply chain you exist in. So if, let's say, all the parts out there in the world, like Scotty was telling me, like, oh, Ford parts are going to be hard to come by. I agree. Now, when they become hard to come by is debatable because they shouldn't be hard to come by a month later if they're actually keeping up and producing like they should. So they're not, if they are, that's just another whole nother ball game too. But what I will say is, is that supply chain rules are very basic, especially when you talk about manufacturing and I can pull them up and pull up college stuff and all kinds of fun business stuff and, and just read for days, but I won't bore you with the, you know, sort of, um, the 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 college you know ninth rule on how manufacturing and the disruption of the supply chain plays into the rolling of disruptions down the hill so for instance like the supply chain is immediately interrupted at the start of supply chain when people walked off the job a month ago right but like parts didn't start probably becoming harder to find or even complicated to find unless they were like parts that only come directly from the manufacturer when ordered right like a full transmission things like that but when we talk about um ordering parts for like you know like uh let's just say like i don't know a bunch of ford alternators from a ford factory right like what i like to buy this one alternator that works really good with my car whatever um they'll probably be i'll probably be able to find them for months and they'll slowly and 
more and more become stark or harder to find or or less available and that's where the the supply chain hits the end so listen if ford ended its problems today it's just an example at our pretend ford alternator factory if ford ended its problems today the problem that was started a month ago or a month and a half ago when the auto workers went on strike that problem that started the day those people walked off the job will remember that problem has not hit main street america yet and has not hit the main street stores the only supply chain big time supply chain interruption you've seen is more on 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 the parts that were already a little tougher to get let's be honest but like i said that everyday average ford you know alternator i need that that's going to be available for a couple more months or so before I'll, I won't be able to find one or I'll, or, or I'll only be able to find it aftermarket refurbished, but I won't be able to find a brand new one. Ah, <sighs> it's annoying. It's yawn worthy. It's, it's annoying because I could, I could talk to people for days about unions and, and kind of how they work and, how they pull it together because you know like i said i grew up with a, in a union family with with a stepdad that was a union guy and you know nothing wrong with that by the way it's okay to be a union person right like there's nothing wrong with that at all guys um my dad's made decent money and then there's our times where he's out of work because of things like strikes and striking for more money or um like they only work with people who hire union people so if you hire non-union people then they won't do business with you so sometimes the work is is like bigger major like government jobs that they're <clears throat> and big major corporation jobs that they're waiting on so sometimes he's he's out of work too just naturally but uh you know it's one of those things where he told me like that's what i grew up with my dad and i it just comes with the territory yada 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 because my grandpa got out of the navy that's what he went and did was he joined the union just like his dad was in and my 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 dad and I didn't join the union. My dad told me that if I joined the union, it would almost be an insult to interest because he like taught me and 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 brought me up with you know a proper like education to go to college, not to have to be you know, like he said, not to have to turn a wrench or swing a hammer. And and it's a pride factor. Like he loves my dad loves that I work from an office. Like my my stepdad that raised me, which is my dad. Uh, he loves that I work from an office. He loves that I literally work from home. He thinks it's hilarious. He's he thinks it's a, he gets crack out of it. So and he knows that it's because he guided me to go to college and and then you know now I would tell you not to go to college and go to the trades. I mean that's it's a whole another debate that could happen there. At the end of the day, though. Um, with the union workers thing is is they're trying to gain parts of the profit see what what the what the automakers aren't telling you is is it's that they sell stocks now you may know this scotty knows this scotty's a huge stock guy i just know how the sausage is made i don't care about the game that's played word up but here it is okay so the let's just take gm right gm makes we're going to use tiny numbers for tiny small people brain okay just because it'll be easier for you to understand and um and i want you to understand this because it's it's very useful helpful information to be quite honest with you um so the money that flows into a company and what they can spend and use it's not just money from 
you know, selling cars and parts. It doesn't work that way. If it was that simple, first off, a lot of these multinational companies would still be baby companies. They wouldn't be huge. Where a lot of growth driving revenue in most big businesses actually comes from stockholders, investors. So people like me have a stock portfolio and I have a pretty pretty decent, you know, like mix of stocks and stuff and money I'm not even allowed to touch and I never see it. Um, I can't even pull it out. It's it's all in 401k shit and shit like that. But I have, you know, a say-so in how much and I do have some say-sos and, you know, there's a broker that I can call, but I don't even mess with it. I'm just like, here, you guys know what you're doing. You get your, you get your, you know, penny on the dollar I make you or whatever out of everybody. And, you know, they got billions of customers or millions of customers or whatever. So they make their penny on the dollar and it turns into a lot of millions of dollars really fast, you know, but anyway, and think about that. That's like pennies on the dollar every month off me. Right. And every one of their millions of customers. So basically instead of putting money in my savings account and, you know, let's just say hypothetically, instead of putting a hundred dollars in my savings account, each paycheck, two paychecks a month, I'm putting $200 a month in stocks. And then you, John Q America, buy from those companies I hold stocks in and they turn a profit and I get part of that profit because I gave them my money, you know, with risk to grow that amount of money and and so that's the very generic i mean you could read for forget days or weeks you could read for years on how stocks and businesses are tied together and how they run but that's a very easy like i said we'll we'll, we'll make the numbers hundreds instead of billions and it'll make a lot more sense but you know Basically, companies like Ford and GM and, and companies like, uh, you know, even the Hollywood studios and stuff, they all have private or they all have public investment stocks on the publicly traded stock markets like the S&P 500 and the NASDAQ and, and, and the New York Stock Exchange and so on and so forth. And I have stocks in I, I have stocks in my portfolio. I probably don't know I have. I would actually probably look like an asshole senator who's like, you know, I don't manage that shit, right? Because I'm like on that level of like, look, my company provides these services as part of my pay. Like I really probably make like $30 an hour, but I lose at least a third of that because of this shit. But this shit's worth it because my company's putting in every dollar. I'm telling you guys right now, every dollar, uh, every dollar I put in, they're matching that up to whatever the percentage is. And I have mindset to match exactly the percentage they'll match. Because if I'm going to give the stock market my money, you are too in the same amount. Now, as you, there's, there's, there's ways where you can start big when you don't have a lot of expenses when you're young and then you dial it back and then you go big again as you get older. Uh, but, but the reality is, is that's how it all works. That's how the sausage is made, guys. You buy a car from a car manufacturer via the dealership, yada, yada, yada. It's, they're like franchise stores, essentially. And it's, it's like a McDonald's fucking franchise, I promise you. That's what every fucking Ford dealership and Chevy dealership is. It's like a fucking McDonald's fucking franchise. And you're buying that car. And every time you buy one of those cars, those employees that put it together get a piece of that money because they're working the hourly wage. The company gets 
some of that. The person that sold it, the franchise McDonald's car dealership, right? That guy gets theirs. And there's there's cuts on cuts on cuts on cuts. What we're talking about, cuts on cuts on cuts on cuts on a $50,000 fucking car or $30,000 fucking car that, by the way, you're going to probably pay double that with the interest. I'm just saying, that's how the sausage is made. They take that money combined with the money they're borrowing from me and they turn a profit by selling you more shit and growing the business. And in return for me to keep letting them borrow my money as part of my portfolio and some of my company's money, cause they matched my investment, right? They're asking to borrow our money and then using our money to grow their business. And there's the risk is, is if they fail, lose, or turn out to be crooks basically and fuck up, then we lose money as John Q public and you guys lose money in a shitty product if you bought it right if you bought it you got the shitty product so it, it, when you ask why would they strike well that's why right there because investors like me and your ceos and people like us are who aren't even doing the work technically speaking let's be honest especially investors like me, I'm not doing any work. I'm just like, here's my money. You can borrow it. <laughs> I mean, that's guys. I, I know that it is so much more. It is. It, 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 listen, if you're like a day trader or a stock person, you're probably pulling your hair out with my explanation. But for the simpleton out there, the simple man out there like me or the simple lady out there like me, that is how the sausage is made. They sell shit on one side and then they borrow money from investors like me on the other side. And they use all of that essentially to pay employees and grow the business and, and, and what's called upscale and then, and, and then wash, rinse and repeat and, and you just keep getting it bigger and bigger and bigger. And I always tell people like, why do you have like 20 shares in Apple? I only bought like four or five, but it's split a few times. And so I only have 20 because of X, Y, and Z. So again, real people who know stocks pulling their hair out. People like me that are just average Joe's. You get it now. They're borrowing money from people who have nothing to do with the business, like me, investors, stock stock buyers, and they're selling stocks in the business. So I own a piece of the business, essentially. They're not really borrowing the money. It's probably a bad way to word it, but I'm just trying to make it simple for simple people. Like like smart people, you already know how it works. So what the fuck do you care if I'm trying to simplify it for simple fucking people? I, 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 I'm one of those people that like, I don't even care how it works. Like I have been told at length, by very intelligent and maybe not so intelligent people how it works and the reality is is don't care i have a stock portfolio person for a reason but what i will say is this that's why they're upset because while i as a stockholder am getting record profits and ceos are getting record bonuses profits and paychecks they're getting 40 50 and 60 percent pay increases the worker wants that too now the thing that I agree with Scotty on wholeheartedly, while I be a pro-union guy, I can still agree that the business and the union have to come together and find a happy medium. So for all the automakers out there, hey, fuck you, it's really just a bad starting point, you know, for negotiation. And I think that the auto workers, you have to understand that you aren't wrong for what you want, but I think there has to be a happy median that isn't causing, you know, literally 5,000 people who do not have the protections, have the union, have any representation. They're just on the food poor line or the, or the unemployment line. Right. And so you have to, you know, when you make those decisions, look, I get it. 
they're not like you. They don't pay union dues. But maybe one day when they can become full-time employees, they will be. And they will do that. So, you know, just remember that actions are – I would just like people to remember during these strikes because while I do support the union and I do support these strikes that – Companies are making record profits and you're getting ripped off. But I will tell you that the, the back end fallout is, is if they give you what you want, they're not giving up all them profits. They might give up some, but they're not going to give up what you think they're going to give up. So what they're going to do is jack up the price of cars to like, as an example, or parts to a point where people don't want to buy them and are just kind of holding out until things get better. And then you don't sell cars. And when they don't come off the, the the line, the assembly line, not because of a strike, but because there's not work, then more of you will be laid off. So there will be, some of you will keep your jobs and make uh, I just a, 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 a profound amount of money, If and that's great. But there will be bodies in the wake of any situation like this. I'm sure that there will be some writers who do not have jobs to go back to as part of the negotiation. Um, there will be a lot of non-union workers in Hollywood that will not have jobs to go back to. There is a consequence for those negotiations and, and, and believe me, you paid your dues, you deserve those negotiations and you deserve what you deserve a fair bit of what you're asking about, but I don't know what the, what the fair cutoff is. What I will say is for places like Canada who did reach an agreement with GM, for example, and places like Michigan where they're still fighting for their money. And they're fighting for better pay places like Missouri and Ohio, you know, where these factories are um, places like, uh, what is it? There's a few Tennessee and some other ones. Maybe those are non-union. Who knows? What I will tell you is this guys, we have to support the unions. So remember that when you're not supporting the unions, you're supporting the literal top 1% of the country. And you're forsaking the other 99 when you don't support the unions. Now, unions, at the other hand, I know the 1% is a bunch of cocksuckers, but I also know that you cannot bite off their fucking hand. Just hear me out here. You can't bite off their fucking hand because here's the thing. Is, you'll get every bit of what you're asking for, but you will literally cannot don't you don't want to be the people who go i burnt the village to the ground i call that the village idiot syndrome where it's like or or the, if i can't have it no one can like it's okay it's okay if we burn the village to the, it, it, it's okay no so that's all I, I implore you to support the unions that's all i'm gonna that's all i'm gonna bring up about the union anymore is i just implore you to support union workers but i also employ union workers to remember that the the weak the bodies in the wake of any disasterful negotiation that forces your employer's hand, just keep in mind is the lack of moving that product because it becomes unaffordable for the average American. So let's all think about everybody and not be asshats and only think of ourselves. We'll be back after the break. It's two birds and one stoner. This is Trey. For two birds and one stoner with me, Mr. Trey. That feel good show to get you going. I woke up so motivated, so motivated. I can't even lie. Can't lie. I've been stressing 
We're not in a position where we should agree. This isn't an easy subject, and that's okay around here. You see, I got all my game from the streets of California. I'm not questioning anybody's intelligence. I think we're past that. I'm now questioning the ethics of the situation. So what we smoke weed? We're just having fun. <laughs> I can't even believe it. I had to hang up on that guy. He just said he used weed that wasn't decarboxylated to cook. I can't do you today. In my mind, they said... You could ask yourself an insane question. What if I'm not on any side and I just want the truth? This gift is a curse. Forget the earth. He's got the earth to pull his dick from the dirt and fuck the whole universe. I'm not afraid. Maybe we can have a debate over what successful is, but I can tell you one thing. I know I was meant to do this, and no one's going to argue that. He said, when you want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe, then you'll be successful. Successful. I've been saying this for how long? <laughs> like I can't step outside naked. He jumped into the river. What did you do? Did you run along the river? I jumped in. I let autocorrect make me look stupid on Facebook every day. With Luxembourg Bargo. I can't do it. It's Luxembourg. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. Look what they all say. You're trying to give me the hump, the hump, the hump, the hump, the hump. Oh, look at you, girl. <laughs> tracking app on it and it found that who is actually using that <laughs> welcome home gentlemen from the fourth infantry division fourth id yeah, yeah. i think he was trying to be funny but it kind of i think he was trying to hit her on a discount oh, oh. <laughs> if you're looking for a cut trim color or just an updo Check out Jamie at Rebel Hair Art. That's Rebel Hair Art on Instagram. You can book with her at 719-262-9011. That's at Studio One Salon, 262-9011. Hey, guys, it's Chuck. And Dillinger. We're from Control Alt Throw Against Wall. And we have many, many exciting topics coming up for you uh, in the coming weeks. Uh, we got Muppets. We got more MCU. More MCU. Uh, we definitely got to talk about that Quantumania. Don't uh, forget about Muppets. Muppets. They're gonna, we're going to do a big Muppet show. We got lots more other. If pop culture keeps creating things, we're going to talk about it and getting high in the process. And, and definitely getting high. Uh, we should probably really learn about more stuff. But Play with way, our Muppets. Yeah. Find us. Subscribe to us. Uh, check out our show wherever you can get podcasts. And uh, we're thankful you all are here. Yeah? Yep. Peace. All right. Bye. It's time for Blunt Football Talk. In trouble, gets away. Mahomes racing with the bad ankle and all inside the My 20. concern is that Kyler doesn't come back until late in the year. And so Parsons on the move, and Micah Parsons is in. He's hey, tell me you didn't grow up in the projects without telling me. I grew up with a Jason. Third long, it's Von Miller putting his stamp on this one. Good for you. <laughs> I hope it fucks your life up. Uh, I hope you fail. I hope you fall flat on your face. I'm like, these are my friends. This is us. Scars you. The ball comes out of his hand toward the end zone. No, picks definitely up. have the Baltimore Ravens. Nobody feels bad for Deshaun <laughs> Watson Put coming back and having terrible performance. J.K. Dobbins hand. Yeah, so that's. Uh, I, I think. The, yeah, I think the Chiefs are going to totally dominate. And the Kansas City Chiefs have won Super Bowl Fifty Seven. This is football talk. That's pro football done. Unprofessional. That's fun.
All right, it's time to have that talk. Yeah, I'm talking to you, homeowner. Don't you try to run away, townhome renter and apartment renter. Look, every time we move, they charge us a ridiculous amount of money. Every time you need something remodeled, those people charge you a ridiculous amount of money. So this time, when I move, I got my whole deposit back. Now, I can't promise you the same results, but what I can tell you is I went through Quality Peak Customs. That's right. That's handyman and remodeling. And at Quality Peak Customs, they're going to take care of you the best they can to help you get the best job you can. So whether it's moving out, needing your apartment brushed up for the handover, your townhome, you want to rent that out, you need it fixed up for the big remodel, hey, that house... When's the last time you've done something? Well, when you do it, why don't you call Quality Peak Customs at 719-964-6871. That's 719-964-6871. You can also email Quality Peak Customs at qualitypeak.customs at gmail.com for your free quote today. You can check out Quality Peak Customs on Facebook as well. Let's go with Quality Peak Customs for your next move, your next remodel, or the next time you need a helping hand around your home look everybody loves creativity good food and hard work that's why it's so easy to love sam's creations sam's creation is award-winning cannabis food creations find sam's creations on facebook and instagram with sam's with a z creations with a z or place your order today at 719-283-1701 now it's time for two birds and one stoner with me mr trey that feel good show to get you going We're not in a position where we should agree. This isn't an easy subject, and that's okay around here. You see, I got all my game from the streets of California. I'm not questioning anybody's intelligence. I think we're past that. I'm now questioning the ethics of the situation. So what we smoke weed, we're just having fun. <laughs> I can't even believe it. I had to hang up on that guy. He just said he used weed that wasn't decarboxylated to cook. I can't do you today. In my mind, they said... You could ask yourself an insane question. What if I'm not on any side and I just want the truth? His gift is a curse. Forget the earth. He's got the earth to pull his dick from the dirt and fuck the whole universe. I'm not afraid. Maybe we can have a debate over what successful is, but I can tell you one thing. I know I was meant to do this, and no one's going to argue that. He said, when you want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe, then you'll be successful. Successful. Don't forget, next week on Two Birds, One Stoner, we're in Israel. We're covering it. That's right. And Halloween goodies for stoners. Yay. It's that time of year. That's right. By the time we do the next show, it's going to be midway through the month. It's going to be just about halfway there to the time up here. So we're going to talk about good stoner snacks for Snacks you can still eat stony crust and steak and the kango. That's me. Yeah, as well. Uh, yeah, I'll have cooking with Keith for you guys. Um, another segment of cooking with Keith Halloween edition. That's all on the next episode of Two Birds and One Stoner. That's one week from this episode. Now, let's go ahead and let's break down the next bit here. What do we got up next on the show? Well, 
the most okie dokie shit we have to cover year after year. I feel like I've been covering cannabis banking for literally a decade. It hasn't been that long, but, but God damn it, it's starting to get close. We have been promised cannabis banking reform for a while. And the issue is, is that it just doesn't move forward. So again, a recap, keep in mind that as a federal organization, the FDIC allows, follows federal laws over state laws. So since the national government is still classified as cannabis as a schedule on drugs, many banks and national banks refuse to do business with companies in the industry of cannabis for fear of retribution and or loss of their FDIC insurance as a bank since that is a federal institute. That is where the problem is to begin with. I mean, that's just where it starts. It's some okie-dokie bullshit. Um, it's dumb, but there's ways around it. I mean, there's banks right now that are offering banking for cannabis businesses. Okay. There are banks friendly, uh, one in particular region bank proudly created partnerships with clients who are compliance-driven cannabis banking program. So, says that their accounts are designed to, this is their words, our accounts are designed to cater to all cannabis businesses. Our dedicated cannabis-related banking, or CRB team, will work with you to find your perfect banking solution. They should pay me money. Thank you. You a bill now for that commercial read right there. <laughs> hey, bitch. Hey, me. Sorry, Regent. We both know where this relationship's going. I'm just going to buy weed with your money anyway. So it's probably going to go back to one of your clients, to be honest. But I think that um, when it comes to cannabis banking and a big national bill, Um, is needed. I think that I think that you guys are going to be surprised at some of the information I have to share. So, a day ago, an, uh, a thing came out saying that the federal cannabis banking is going to get Senate committee support. There was even one Democrat who actually voted against cannabis banking, which is why he probably, or he or she, I should say, we're not going to slam them yet completely and by the nuts. We're getting there, though. Um, we're going to slam their balls in the vice here, buddy. We may need a different Democrat there because U.S. Senator Raphael Warnack, the Democrat of Georgia, who stirred up most of his political, drummed up most of his political noise and news um, when he and his counterpart unseated the staunch red 
Georgia State. Um, he said that he voted against it. He's the only Democrat that voted against it. And he said that um, I'm worried that if we pass a bill with all of the fees and revenue that comes and not begin to address the issues of restorative justice, we're not going to go back and get those communities. Or, and, but I, but I think that, so the problem is, is, is that if justice reform doesn't come with it, he's not willing to vote on it because he doesn't feel like that's going to come back around again. Um, Basically, he's not wrong. I mean, the war on drugs disproportionately has affected African-American and brown folk, straight up. You know, I get it. A lot of white folk went to jail too, but it's different. You, that's just the only way to word it, man. Hey, you didn't grow up in the 80s and the 90s and the 70s. First of all, you grew up in the 80s, 90s, so shut the fuck up. I was going to put that out there like that first off. The second off, the war on drugs literally disproportionately set back families for decades, if not for, for, for a multitude of generations, and then continued. Um, the racial wealth gap in the United States is basically pathetic, and the percentage of cam- cannabis minority owner business owners sucks dick. So I get why he wants to stand in the way of it. I just, I don't know what we're supposed to do here because doing nothing is not an option. I mean, can we write justice reform into the bill? And why aren't, you know, why are we going to lose Republicans over that? I mean, answer that. If we're going to set the record straight and stop sending to jail and reverse mass incarceration, then maybe, just maybe, we should start with weed and people in jail for weed. I mean, there, there's a bit of a, a problem as, as more and more, as weed becomes more and more legal and not the problem. I think that the problem becomes for a lot of people, especially on the justice reform ticket, is that there's still people in jail for this while you're out here as a bank profiting from it and, and and then where do where do we stand on issues like banks who provide loans to uh incarceration facilities and builders and stuff like that for incarceration facilities uh that are incarcerating people for marijuana while providing loans to people for marijuana businesses because you have to admit that there's a bit of irony there too so you know i could i could pick this apart for days i could tear this apart for days but we're actually almost out of time on the show but i just wanted to say that we haven't forgot about you cannabis banking we're not going to forget about you cannabis banking and i gotta be honor honest though that warnack's not right but i think that we have to lean on senate majority leader chuck schwumer because he has committed to bringing the legislation to the Senate floor, which would put every senator on record, Democrat, Republican, or otherwise, and it would get it transmitted over to the House, which 
at that point, the house has to answer, are you going to go and shove it up your ass? Or are you going to actually sign the bill? And he thinks that the house is going to pass at the Republican controlled house because he is attaching legislation to incentivize state and local cannabis expungements and gun rights for marijuana consumers. Chuck Grassley, a Republican from Iowa, by the way, has concerns about the Senate's ongoing prioritization of legislating relaxing marijuana laws over separate measures the senator favors that have to do with fentanyl. But see, here's the thing is, this is just another dog whistle by a Republican. Of course, we're going to try to tie fentanyl to pot, which they have nothing to do with each other. They're not even caused by the same problem. And one of them is not even a problem, but Senator Tom Cotton, good old Cotton from Arkansas, put two and two together there, folks. Good old Tom Cotton from Arkansas is also inflating everything he can, including criminal justice provisions. Because, well, Schumer, I mean, uh, because, well, cotton's cotton. So I just wanted to tell y'all that not every Democrat's on board, but at least his questions and concerns are relevant and more relevant than trying to worry about fentanyl when it has nothing to do with cannabis banking, A, B, for, for legitimate, honest American law-abiding businesses to cannabis bank, A, but B, it has nothing to do with Tom Cotton. Just go fuck yourself, Tom Cotton. I don't know what else to say. Criminal justice provisions stay. You pass the fucking shit. Or you burn in hell. I don't know. I'm just kidding. That's probably too far. But, um... Basically, I just want to let y'all know that these guys are going to try anything they can to stop it. I mean, there. look, there's even another dog whistle that says that if you pass this Cannabis Banking Act, it's going to result in stronger cannabis. I don't care what the fuck you passed. We're going to put it on strong because it ain't wrong. So take off your mama's thong uh, and sing along. Just kidding. We got to get out of here for the day. That is my time, guys. Is of course your boy. That's right, Mr. Trey. It is two birds and one stoner. I just want to thank everybody who checks out the show week after week, the hundreds of listeners a day. Awesome. You know, thousands by thousands a week, the tens of thousands at quarterly and so on and so forth. I just want to one more time just say thank you to you guys for all of the uh, all the love and support you guys show the show. Um, check us out on podbean.com. Check us out on all your favorite podcasters. Just look up Wake Dash, the letter N, Dash, Make America Radio. You're going to find us. You're going to find two birds and one stoner. The number two, birds, the word birds, the number one, and then stoner. Two birds, one stoner. Check us out. Check out Rub Football Talk. Check out, uh, of course, Check out Newbie and the Doobie. Check out uh, another great show, uh, Control Alt Go Against the Wall. I mean, we've got so many great people around uh, 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 the station and the show. So check us out. Check us out. I gotta go. Um, love you. 
Hope you speak your age. It's time for Two Birds and One Stoner with me, Mr. Trey. That feel-good show to get you going. I woke up so motivated, so We're not in a position where we should agree. This isn't an easy subject, and that's okay around here. You see, I got all my game from the streets of California. I'm not questioning anybody's intelligence. I think we're past that. I'm now questioning the ethics of the situation. So what we smoke weed, we're just having fun. <laughs> I can't even believe it. I had to hang up on that guy. He just said he used weed that wasn't decarboxylated to cook. I can't do you today. In my mind, they said... You could ask yourself an insane question. What if I'm not on any side and I just want the truth? His gift is a curse. Forget the earth. He's got the earth to pull his dick from the dirt and fuck the whole universe. I'm not afraid. Maybe we can have a debate over what successful is, but I can tell you one thing. I know I was meant to do this, and no one's going to argue that. He said, when you want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe, then you'll be successful. Successful. Now, it's time.